Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Peace be unto you all. I thank God for all that he has done for us. I thank him for blessing us to see another day. It's because of his mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We have a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot of people that have not woke up even this morning. There's people that have woke up sick. There's people that have had car accidents through the night. There's so many things that have happened, but God has kept us safe thus far. We have a lot to be thankful for. We've been going over for 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and seeing what it means to have the love of God versus the love that the world calls love. Because God's love and the world love is two way different things. So we've been going over 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Today we're going to probably finish it off. And um, we'll be covering some scriptures. I'll read chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. And then we're going to go to Matthew 7, 15 through 23. And Psalms 1 through 3. Romans 1, 28. We're going to also Psalms 37, 7 through 9, Job 5, 2, Proverbs 14, 30, Luke 6, 36 through 38, Romans 1, 21 through 27. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to eat and to drink with you, eating the spirit of life, the bread of life, and to drink of that living water. My Father, I ask that you open each and every one of our eyes spiritually, God, that we may see the path that you have set before us. And my Father, set it straight before us that we will walk therein, O Lord God. Open up our spiritual ears that we may hear and give us an understanding heart. Let this seed be planted upon good ground that we will bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is about the love of God. I'm just going to read it from verse 1, and then we'll break it down as we go. Chapter 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. 
doth not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. We're going to go a little bit up and we're going to go to it. Uh, envy or charity does not behave itself unseemly. I was looking up that word unseemly and unseemly means to behave in a way that is not supposed to be. Like for instance, when you behave yourself unseemly, you have a child that's in the store and they ask you, can I have this? And you say no, and they start throwing a big old tantrum. That is behaving yourself unseemly. When you're in the spirit of God, when you're in the church of God, the Bible tells us what to do in the church. It tells us what not to do in the church. It tells us how that we're supposed to act in the church. When you get outside of what you're supposed to do, God classifies it as being unseemly. You can go to some churches, and it's written in uh, Matthew, uh, we'll get to it. You can go to some places, and they can scream on the microphone. They can preach really loud. They can dance, but none of that is, God, is by God. It is so that they can draw a crowd and get more money. You ask for anything spiritually, and you can't get it from some people because they're not doing things to, to the edifying of God. They're doing it for money they're doing it to be seen so when we do things that are unseemly that is not having the love of god the bible says concerning the holy ghost it says when you speak in tongues in an unknown tongue don't get up and be speak in an unknown tongue in the church if there is not an interpreter so if you're going to get up and start speaking in an unknown tongue and there's no interpreter god said don't do that because you can confuse the congregation they don't know what you're saying nobody knows what's going on he says speak to yourself but if there's an interpreter then go ahead and speak in an unknown tongue and let another person interpret he says that about prophesy not everybody can get up and prophesy at one time he says if you have something to prophesy prophesy by course by two or three people and let somebody else judge these things have to be done decently and in order in the churches. When he says, when you pray, don't be just shouting and praying and jumping around and acting like you're doing something. Do it decently and in order. Because these things confuse the churches. They confuse the members of the church. So we have to do things decently and in order. We can't be unseemly. We can't do things that are, uh, that are against the Bible. He said that we are leaving the unnatural things. The men leave the natural use of a woman. Men with men and women with women. Those are things that are unseemly. Those things should not be in the church. We should not allow that in the church. Things that are unseemly are not the love of God. We can't do things that are unseemly. We're going to Romans 1, 21 through 27. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. 
For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working with which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was me. See, sometimes when you start, you, you go to church and God blesses you and you feel so good about these blessings, but then Satan comes in and he starts to twist the meaning of the scriptures. And when he begins to do that, we begin to get full of pride and begin to get puffed up and think that we're somebody that we're not. When God preaches, it is not the person preaching. It is God preaching through that person. When you get healed, it is not what you did. It is what God did to heal you. When you are delivered, nobody delivered you. God delivered you. Everything that happens in the house of God and in your house spiritually came from God. People shouldn't try to get the credit. They shouldn't try to boast themselves up because that is taking away what God did. God is the one that let us live today. God is the one that brought us here today. God is the one that saves us. God is the one that delivers us. It's not what we did. It is what God did. The Bible says they began to change the truth of God into a lie. To start boasting themselves up. To start changing the course of nature. To start changing the way they do things in the house of God. And it becomes unseemly. We need to keep to the Bible. We need to keep to what is written in the Bible. If the Bible says do it, we need to do it. If the Bible says don't do it, we need not to do it. Not to change the course of the nature that God has prepared and designed for us. We have to behave ourselves correctly. We have to behave ourselves. We can't be unseemly in the church. And it's not talking about just unseemly in the church. It's talking about unseemly elsewhere when nobody's looking. Because we can be unseemly when nobody's looking. And just because they don't see, we think we got away with it. No, you didn't. When I broke that faucet, I could have threw my tools and threw a tantrum and cursed and swore because I had to fix the floor for free. But I didn't do that. We can't behave ourselves unseemly just because something doesn't seem to go right. We still need to give thanks. The Bible says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. So when bad things seem to happen and we give thanks, we are not being unseemly. But when bad things happen and we don't give thanks, that is called unseemly. We are doing things against what God has designed for us. We need to behave ourselves seemly at all times, no matter what we're at, no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through. We're going to Matthew 6, 1 through 5. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men, to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. When we do things to be seen of men, that is our reward. That's the only reward we get, is what people say. 
And if they don't at least give you a compliment, then you really walk away with nothing because they didn't even give you a compliment. So you just wasted your whole time. Let us not do things to be seen of men. When we, when we are in the house of God, when we're at our own houses, when we're in the stores and we want to give God praise and glory, don't quench the spirit. If you're in church and you feel like dancing, dance for the Lord Jesus Christ because when it is the Holy Ghost, everybody in the church is going to feel the presence of God. But when you're doing it to be seen, nobody in the church feels the presence of God. They look at you like, really? Can you please just stop? Because they don't feel the presence of God. Now when the Holy Ghost comes in, you can't help yourself but to rejoice. So don't do things to be seen in man. Don't jump up and scream and shout and dance and the Holy Ghost didn't do anything. Because you don't, you, you, that's unseemly, that's uncalled for. You're trying to get attention and God don't want you to have the attention. He wants the attention. He's a jealous God. He wants all of the, our attention. He wants all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. It all belongs to him. So when we do something, let us not do it to be seen of men. Let us do it to be seen of God. Let us do it for his honor and for his glory. It goes on down to say it seeks not her own. Whenever you're going to do something for somebody, if, you, if you're going to get something in return, then you'll do it. But if it's not going to benefit you, then you won't do it. That's not the love of God. We're supposed to be helpers one of another. We're supposed to give expecting nothing in return. We're supposed to be able to help each other without wanting something back. There's a lot of times, and I've seen it, and I've done it myself, I fall victim to it. You want an answer from God, and you're always on your knees, you're always fasting, you're always praying. But as soon as God gives you what you asked for, all of that praying and, and fasting and going to church, none of that, that stops. Because you were only doing it to get something. Now, we should be in the church and always fasting and praying whether or not we get something from God. We should do it because we want to, not because we're only expecting something. That's when, it's, when it becomes under the category of you're doing it for yourself. The Bible talks about even when people fast and when they pray, they do it for strife. They do it for any to satisfy their flesh. They're not doing it because they love God. We're going to Isaiah 58, 3 through 9. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice be heard on high. It is such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head and to bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not the, this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and thou and that thou bring the, the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, then shall the, thy light break forth as the morning, and shine, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. See, when we fast and we pray and we, we're doing it to satisfy our own flesh, we're doing it because we want something. 
But God said, don't, that's not the way you're gonna, that I'm going to listen to you. I'm not listening to you because you're fasting and praying because you want something. When God wants to, will listen to us is when we're doing something to edify the body of Christ. When, we're, when we see somebody bound and we give our time and our effort to pray for that person, to encourage that person, to bear that person's burden with them, that's the kind of sacrifice God is looking for. When we see somebody in need and we do what we can to help that person, that's what God is looking for. Not to afflict our souls just so that we can get something. He said the love of God, charity does not look for itself. It's looking to help somebody. Jesus became poor so we could become rich. He had everything. He had it all. But he left it all for you and I. He wasn't thinking of himself when he came down here and was beaten beyond recognition. He wasn't thinking of himself when he was crucified. He was thinking of you and I. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. We need to do the same thing. What we do, we need to do it for the edifying of the body of Christ and not just for ourselves. We're going to James 4, 1 through 8. From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? But whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. See, when we do things that are not for just ourselves and we do it to the edifying of the body of Christ, that's when it counts. Nothing else matters. Nothing else that we do. It's, uh, he says, you ask and you still don't get it. One scripture, he says, ask and you shall receive. Another scripture, he says, well, you do ask, but you don't get it because you want to consume it upon your own self. You're asking for uh, fleshy desires. You're asking God to help you satisfy your flesh. He's not going to do that. But when we ask God to edify the body of Christ and we ask for spiritual gifts and spiritual blessings, that's when it's really good. It's not wrong to ask for a job. It's not wrong to ask for a car. It's not wrong to ask for a wife. It's not wrong to ask for any of these things. But where does our most energy go for? When we ask God for it and the only reason we're serving God is because we want this, that's not good. But when we ask God for it, but we're going to serve him whether he says yes or no, that's where it's at. Do I want a bigger truck than I have? Yes, I do. But I'm content with mine. It's fine for right now. Did I ask God for a bigger truck? Yes, I did. But if he doesn't give me one, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop going to church. That doesn't mean that I'm going to give up. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be uncontent. Ask for what you want. But mainly ask for spiritual blessings. Serve God because you want to, not only because you want something. It also goes down to say it's not easily provoked. Provoke can be a good thing and, a, and provoke can be a bad thing. Provoke means to get out of your character or your behavior provoked also means to be persuaded 
Now, we are supposed to provoke each other into love. We're supposed to persuade each other to follow Christ. We're supposed to persuade each other to lift up the name of Jesus. But we are not supposed to be persuaded to stop what we're doing. So when you have the love of God, it's not easy for the devil to make you change your mind. It's not easy for the devil to make you change religions or change beliefs or go, go out of the church because the grass looked greener on the other side. If you are not easily provoked, the devil will have a very hard fight to get you to change your mind. Because though he tempts you, you know that you got Jesus. Though he shows you all these great things, he's, he tempted Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, all of this will I give you if you bow down and worship me. He's doing the same thing to you and I. All of these things will I give you if you worship me. It's a lie. He won't give it to you. Don't be persuaded. Don't be easily provoked. Provoked also means to be easily angered. Don't let things make you angry all the time. I used to be so easily frustrated. The smallest things could frustrate me. And that was a battle that I had to really pray and work through because God does not like you to be easily angered. Small things happen and you're ready to start saying things you shouldn't say. God doesn't like that. That's not the love of God. When we have the love of God, a bad situation don't look that bad when you have the love of God. You will watch what you say, you'll watch what you do, you'll watch how you treat people. They can cut you off in the traffic, they can do whatever you want and you will give thanks when you have the love of God. You won't be easily provoked. It goes down to say it, thanks, no evil. We're not supposed to prejudge each other or even the world or, or, or anything And because sometimes somebody will talk bad about somebody. Oh, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did this and all of a sudden in our mind, we don't like that person and we don't even know that person. That person has done nothing to us and we see the person and we automatically remember how bad that person is and we don't even know that person. The Bible says that love thinks no evil. You might not like this person. That person probably did you wrong, but they didn't do anything wrong to me. We don't think evil of people. We, we're not supposed to think evil. Now, you do know the tree by the fruit it bears. So if you go outside and you see an apple tree and it has bananas, something is really, really wrong with that tree. Because an apple tree cannot bring forth bananas, and a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. So you see somebody, and you see their character, character, and you see the fruit that they're bearing. Don't eat that fruit when you know it's not good. That's not called judging that person. That's called that's common sense. I see what it is. You don't eat that tree. You don't eat of that fruit. But you don't think evil that God cannot save that person. Because if God saved you, he can save that person. If God forgave you, he can forgive that person. If God brought you out of a mess, he can bring anybody out of a mess. So we don't prejudge and think evil of you're not worthy of forgiveness. That is the wrong judgment to think. I wasn't worthy of forgiveness. You weren't worthy of forgiveness, but Jesus did it anyway. So he can do it for them too. We don't think evil. We're not supposed to think evil of people. Let's go to Matthew 7, 15 through 23. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, 
but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is seen down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name have cast devils out, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, the devil will come in sheep's clothing. When we read about Job, the Bible says that the sons of God went to present themselves before God. And who else went? The devil came also. The devil doesn't bother you unless, well, that much, unless you are on your way to God. Then he'll fight. When you are on your way to salvation and you are doing what you can do to please God, the devil will be on your track. He will try to stop you. And he will come in sheep's clothing. He will act like he's a child of God. He will show himself, the Bible says, that he is God, but he's not. He will stand up in church. He will go to any event that you have. He will follow you wherever he can follow you and act like he's a mighty man or a woman of God and they are so much full of God and at the end of the day you see their fruits and you're like, that's not, that's not what you act like it is. You will know that tree by the fruit that it bears. If their godliness according to them is against the Bible, then it's not godliness. If they're doing stuff that is written not to do in the Bible, then their godliness is not godliness. It's a sheep, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Don't eat of that tree. The Bible says when you see somebody that is not living right and you agree with them, you're a partaker of their evil deeds. If you bid them Godspeed, you're a partaker of their evil deeds. So if you see somebody not doing the will of God, on purpose, not wanting to serve God, and you run around saying, well, God bless you, brother. You're bidding them Godspeed. You're just as evil as they are. That's why God said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. God wants us to himself. He wants us all to himself. It goes on to say, it rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. I used to I still do to this day. I get a thrill of going over the speed limit. It's just fun. It's stomach tickling. It's, it's a thrill. But you're not supposed to. It's not supposed to be that much fun to me until I say, well, I hope I don't see a cop tonight. It's not supposed to be that much fun. You're not supposed to rejoice in iniquity. When you know something is wrong, you're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to let it get to you that it's that good. You're not supposed to do that. It rejoices not in iniquity. Now, if there's no speed sign, then I'm not saying speed. I'm just saying. But if there is a speed sign, you have to obey the laws of the Lamb. Don't, don't, don't be getting so excited to go over the speed limit. When you know something's wrong, don't get excited to do it. It rejoices not in iniquity. We're not supposed to be so happy if it's not right. You see somebody slip and fall and get hurt, and that's just the most funniest thing you've ever seen. We, we don't, we're not supposed to do that. They say some really bad things at my, at, when I used to have uh, my other job. 
And I would try my hardest not to laugh, but some of those things that they say are so funny. And I would say, Lord, I don't want to laugh. I know what they're saying is wrong. I know it's not right. You're not supposed to find it that funny, but you know the devil will make it that much more funny. Because he knows if you like what they're doing, you're just as guilty as them. You might not do it, but if you have pleasure in the ones that do do it, you're just as guilty as them. We're going to Romans 1, 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them power over to re a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters and inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, impalicable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So those people that are doing all these things are worthy of death. But not only them, those that have pleasure in the ones doing it are the same worthy of the same death. We can't have pleasure when we know somebody is an enemy of God or somebody is not doing the will of God. We cannot have pleasure in those people. What did Jesus say? This got my attention a lot. Mary gave birth to Jesus, her biological son, according to the flesh. She gave birth to this child, and, and he, she raised him. And what did he turn around and say when he was older? They went and they said, Jesus, your mother and your brethren are without desiring to speak with you. And he looked at all of them and he said, who is my mother? And who is my brethren? They that do the will of my father are my mother and my brother and my sister. Just because you may have given birth to me, if you do not live according to what God wants you to live you are not my mother why because when we got baptized what do we do we crucified the flesh we were born again new in the spirit so therefore if somebody is not spiritually in tune with God then they're not your family you don't have family that is not spiritual because our flesh is supposed to be dead so then if we have a father or a mother or a brother or a sister that doesn't want to serve God we can't love them so much until we neglect God. We have to say, well, then you're not my family. If you are not spiritually my family, you're not my family. Do we hate them? Of course not. Do we mistreat them? Do we talk bad about them? Absolutely not. We love and pray for them. The same. Love and pray for them. We don't be partakers of their deeds, but we love and we pray for them. Because Jesus forgave us, he can forgive them too. Jesus called us, he can call them too. So we don't be partakers of their deeds, but we don't classify them as our family so much until we neglect God because that's our family. No, it's not. If they're not doing the will of God, they are not your family. We're going to Romans or Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When the law of God is your delight, that is when you get blessed. 
that's when you will be spiritually fruitful. That's when your tree will be so healthy. That's the only way that you won't be easily persuaded. You won't be easily angered. You won't be easily provoked is when your tree is healthy. And the only way to have a healthy tree is to love the word of God, to meditate on him day and night. You will be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. It says, beareth all things, which means never give up. Knowing that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. Knowing that God will not suffer you to go through any more than you are able to bear. Don't give up no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. Don't give up. It says it believes all things. There's sometimes you'll read the Bible and you won't understand exactly what it means, but you believe it because it said it. You believe every word that is written because Jesus said it, so you're going to believe it. And then you'll pray and ask for him to explain it to you, but you're going to believe because the Bible says, blessed is he that believes without seeing. Sometimes we won't believe unless we understand, unless we see it, then we will believe. But the Bible says the man is blessed is the one that believes without seeing because then that is faith when we read the bible we read the bible in faith and so when we read it we believe it we have no idea what it means but we believe it because he said it and then he'll tell you what it means later at the right time it goes on to say that it endures all things first it says hope with all things hope means to have confidence and trust so if, we, if we're going to hope all things, we're going to have confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and everything that he said, we're going to have confidence and trust in it. We're going to have confidence in Jesus and trust Jesus that no matter what happens, he has our back. No matter what we go through, Jesus is with us. No matter how we feel, Jesus knows how we feel. We're going to have that confidence and we're going to have that trust that, Lord, you said if I do this, you will be with me and we'll, we'll watch him pull us through any situation. He'll take us out. He'll make us shine. He'll lift us up if we humble ourselves down. We can have this confidence in Jesus that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can have that confidence. Then it goes to say, endures all things. The Bible says that you need to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No matter what you go through in life, endure it to the end. Because the race isn't given to the swift. The battle's not even given to the strong, but to those that endure to the end. If you give up, you're not going to make it. But if you endure to the end, God's got you. And you will see what he has in store for you. He said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the good things that God has prepared for you. But you have to make it to the end. You have to be able to use that verse that Paul said, I have fought a good thing. I have finished my course. Stick to the end and let God bless you. Stay with it, saints. God loves each and every one of you. He's there for you. You can have confidence and trust him because though man will let you down, Jesus never will. Man can hurt you. Man can lie to you. Man can deceive you. But that's things you'll never have to worry about with Jesus because he'll never do that to you. What he says, he means and he will do it. You can count his word. You can rest assured in him 
I got here today and I was praying and the Lord put this on my heart to bless all of his people with. So before we close, if you guys can all stand, we're going to go to Psalm chapter 128. And the Lord just wanted to tell each and every one of you this. The Lord wants to tell you, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a, fruit, as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about the table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Fear the Lord. Does anybody need prayer? We're going to open the altar if anybody needs prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for being so good to us. Thank you, my Father, because you rule in heaven and you rule in earth. Thank you, my Father, for your many blessings. Thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you because we can trust you. We can count on you. Thank you, my Father, because there's not a problem. There's not a situation that you cannot handle. There is nothing too hard for you. You asked, is there anything too hard for God? And the answer is no. There is nothing too hard for you. Whether it be in our spirit, we're asking that you heal us, God. That you will open all of our eyes and we may see what thus saith the Lord. That we will see the path that you have set before us. Open up our spiritual ears and we will hear what you are trying to say unto us, my God. That we won't miss out on the opportunities that you have for us, God. My Father, I'm asking that you remember each and every one of us, O oh Lord God. All those that have come up for prayer, my God, that this day you will answer in the name of Jesus. My Father, that you will answer this day, my God, and give Brother Ivan, O oh Lord God, the patience that he needs, the patience that he wants. You said in your patience, possess you your souls, God. My Father, bless him to endure to the end. No matter what it is, no matter what he's going through, that you you will let him endure to the end that you will let him see that you have already answered that you will let him see that you have already heard my god my father give him the patience that he needs oh lord god in the mighty name of jesus lord you said draw unto me and i will draw unto you my god lord we're asking that you remember lord oh lord god and that you will let her be less of her in the flesh oh lord god and more of you spiritually my god that whatsoever she asks God you will listen and grant it unto her my God she wants to be like you you said ask and it shall be given my father we're asking that you open her eyes that you open her ears that you lead her and guide her that you bless everything that she does to be for your honor and for your glory my God in the mighty name of Jesus and oh Lord God remember brother Philip in the name of Jesus my father you said with your stripes we are healed and my father I ask that you heal his shoulder God my father not for our goodness but for thy great name's sake that you will take away the pain you didn't say go to the hospital you said call for the elders of the church and have them pray over you anoint 
anointing you with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up my father and if they've committed any sins they shall be forgiven them my father saying to him be free and be healed pain we rebuke you in the name of Jesus my father heal him oh Lord God Almighty Lord we thank you for your healing power we thank you for all that you have done for us my God we thank you for answering every prayer that we pray we thank you for always giving us the desires of our hearts oh Lord God my father remember all those that listen to these messages oh God remember all those that support this ministry remember all those that are running for you my God in the mighty name of Jesus Lord bless and keep and sanctify us oh Lord God bless us to be fit for your use in the mighty name of Jesus Lord you said that charity is what we need and my father you are charity charity means love and God is love we can do a lot of things but if we don't have you we are nothing my God my father bless us to have you you said draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you teach us how to draw nigh unto you my God that you will draw nigh unto us in the mighty name of Jesus so when we we call you will say here I am in the mighty name of Jesus Lord we thank you and we praise you in Jesus mighty name the word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you in 